0: That's DRIZLY.com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. I'm back. I'm ready for the holidays. There's a lot, lot, a lot of cooking that I'm going to be doing, a lot of family that I'm going to be seeing, um, you know, I, so I thought today would be an appropriate episode to work on some relationships. I think to, today's relationships would be a little more intimate. So I'm hopefully going to try to find out how to not be single in the new year, mm-hmm. you know, and how to how to work my Tinder. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. I had, uh, one of my guests on, I believe last year yeah. and I, and we worked together at the Love Beauty Wellness Festival over the summer and we're going to be on a panel again next year. Uh, she's the creator of Philosophy Superfood Blends. Please welcome Sophie Jaffe.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm so excited to have her husband in studio today. Nice Adi, to Jaffe. You. How yeah. are you?
2: I'm doing great. Great. Really happy to be here.
0: I loved your TED talk. Oh, thank you so much! So good. Thank you. I love that. I feel like that's like a a, a really important message right now. Is to just break down those barriers mm. of shame.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's funny in what I do, I deal with it literally every single day. Like that's what I was doing before we came here. Um, but I love it, and I love that it resonated because I had no idea. So I'm really, I'm really happy that it clicked.
0: Yeah, I think on some level, we all kind of deal with some type of insecurity or shame, and nobody really wants to address it or go there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. all, all the time. Sometimes I'm going to look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, Sophie, we're going to be on the Fit Girl Festival one day retreat in Malibu. Yes. January 13th
1: so excited
0: I'm excited yeah it's that'll gonna be, be fun we have a panel holistically healthy with uh, Colleen Baxter and Tara Mackey it's gonna be fun
1: yeah there might be we're, another might, you never know she might yeah. add someone else to the mix
0: that'll be fun we're gonna get Malibu. our Malibu vibes on we'll mm-hmm. be namasteing it up
1: mm-hmm. are
2: you mm-hmm. gonna be there Adi? Uh, I might namasteing it up yeah That's <laughs> not, now I might be there you know when... I,
1: gen- I generally drag them along to as many events as possible cool. yeah
0: and got to yeah. bring the good vibes. Mm-hmm. Nam- keep the negativity Nam- stay away.
2: Yep. She's pretty good at that. <laughs>
0: yes. Okay, so you guys have to answer my icebreaker questions. Everybody that comes in has to answer yeah. these. First question is, what's one word your mom would use to describe you? I'm actually going to change that question. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to flip it to be, what's one word? So, Adi, what's one word you think Sophie would use to describe you? And then, Sophie, I want you to answer the same question. Yeah
2: um i think sophie would say that i'm intense intense what do you think adi would describe you as sophie Mm, loving loving is that right i mean if anybody knows sophie i don't think i I would even be the one that would have to say that but yes sophie (laughs) is very very loving
1: i would say i'd say intense but i'd say passionate passionate
2: yeah yeah i guess maybe that's that's the positive version of intense right yeah. or the more positive yeah. Funny. yeah that doesn't have to be that i've been
1: told i'm intense my whole life and only after college did i realize that that's a compliment in my yeah. head but before that i took it as a negative thing which mm-hmm. i think is so funny given what indeed did on his ted talk like creating labels around <laughs> yeah. things like who says intense is bad right who says it's good i mean i like
2: passionate better though yeah um you know because it it takes that intensity and puts it on something versus just generally being intense right Yeah, yeah, totally. Give me a
0: fun fact about each of you. What's a fun Mm -hmm. fact about you, Sophie, that
2: people wouldn't expect?
1: I don't know. What do you think?
2: A fun fact about Sophie that people wouldn't expect.
1: Like, literally fun? I love to party. (laughs) (laughs) We can can talk about that a little bit I love to party, but... I actually like that, because I feel like a
0: lot of people in this, like, wellness space, they're like, I don't party, I don't drink. I don't eat sugar. Like, stay away from gluten. No,
1: I love to indulge. I love my gluten. I love sugar. I have something sweet every day. It's not always, like, raw vegan chocolate. Like, I eat, you know, I'll have an ice cream cone with my kids or whatever I'm needing and wanting and craving for my soul. Yeah. And same thing with, like, going out. Like, we... I need... At this phase in my life with two kids and obviously not at this exact phase if I'm (laughs) pregnant, but like other than being pregnant, being married and working really hard all week long, like once or twice a month, I like to actually let go and Mm -hmm. be like, okay, we're going to get a babysitter for the night. We're going to go out. They're going to stay the night or come in the morning early so that we can have a little break and a little breathing room and really let go, feel free and and feel c- connected to each other and to ourselves again. And I think that's probably something that people don't really know. And I think I don't really know where the place is for that on my social yet. Like, mm. I I go to, like, share, like, woo, wasted. And then I'm like, oh, maybe not. And I'm <laughs> not really ready to, like, deal with the whiplash from that. Yeah. Although I completely defend it and feel very good about that balance. choice. It's yeah. completely about a healthy balance. I just haven't quite gone there yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so when you are having fun, what would you say is your drink of choice? um like for me i still like to be somewhat (laughs) conscious i'll always do like a vodka soda with lemon or vodka rocks
1: yeah i i just do something that's not too sweet because i want to drink it really fast if it (laughs) tastes good then i'm like four drinks deep and i need to go home
2: (laughs) i know that's how i pace myself sparkling rose is your favorite thing let's be real yeah that's that's what you go to if she can have anything that's that's the one she goes to.
1: and i think sparkling rose is good because it's like Mellow, like mm-hmm. it's very like summertime, warm weather, very LA. Mm-hmm. So I think sparkling rose keeps me under control because I won't drink like three bottles. Right, you'll get a headache, and yeah. no one wants to drink three bottles of any kind of champagne or wine for that matter. But I think, yeah, I think if I'm going out and partying, then it's definitely a mixed drink that's not too, sweet. not too sweet. Yeah. Then I'm just slurping them up really fast. <laughs> yeah,
2: you're not a super big drinker anyway. No, I don't really like drinking So yeah. Yeah. Well we don't need to go there. <laughs> well we can we can at least go to weed. Like Sophia will take a hit of weed versus yeah. drink a bunch. Yeah, anywhere.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't really love drinking. See, I'm
0: the opposite. I mm-hmm. would rather have like one or two drinks than
2: than smoke. Well yeah. oh, I can't smoke weed. It yeah. fucks with my head. Yeah. I, yeah. Are we is this one I mean it's, yeah, it's, it's no, called it's no, filter. no filter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. But yeah, I can't like I'm one of those people that get super paranoid. Yeah. It's kind of a running joke at home. Um and I will shut down. Yeah, I, I can't do it. You.
0: One time I tried to do a cannabis enhanced yoga class and I like I and I talk about how I'm not I'm just not a big weed person. So I literally like they were doing joints and edibles and and dr- THC drops and I like did everything. I was like, I want to oh, really no. experience this. And it was way too much. I, uh, <laughs> that's a
1: lot actually to be at a he, yoga class, though. I like that's the thing. I don't I,
0: I think, think I,
2: I fell I asleep like, like halfway through. <laughs> and I, really didn't. I had an experience. I do some uh, work with uh, celebrity clients sometimes around drugs and
1: Oh, this is an amazing story. I was
2: um, my job was to be. I can't tell the long version of the story because we will eat up our whole time. I don't <laughs> know how much time we have, but I was there to maintain a semblance of sobriety for this uh, this uh, musician. And they were making food around the house. This kid was still asleep. He he wouldn't wake up. We were all trying to kind of get him to get up so we can go to work. But everybody was making food. And at the end of the food, I, like thirty minutes later, I started feeling weird. I was calling Sophie, and it, I realized that. There was weed everywhere all over this house, and they had edibles, but they had cookies that they hadn't labeled. Uh, so you just had a bowl of these, like, chocolate chip cookies, and I had a whole cookie. For anybody listening right now, you know normally you're supposed to have, like, a bite or two yeah. of those type things. I had a whole cookie. Oh my I called Sophie, and I go, um, I think I think this is going to – just get worse um i ended up having to leave the job because i can't fun- i mean and i know I was... how
1: he gets to i was like Oof. you need to leave now he's like i don't know if i can i don't know if i can <laughs> he started like there's a conspiracy theory oh my like, god it was just amazing he comes home let me just like my perspective yeah, yeah, please he comes home in the uber comes in i'm in the backyard with the kids like reading like beautiful like summer day and he walks in white as a ghost and just keeps walking inside goes and lays down into the bed and it's like five o'clock he was out
2: oh I couldn't I couldn't move I couldn't get up
1: I lit candles because he was just like
2: Weed is not kind my He kind of substance. freaking
1: out. He was kind of tripping.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, that's so terrible. And, like, if you know want to trip,
1: the... then you want to, you want to, like, take mushrooms and, like, I'm going to go down a trip. Yeah. You don't want to take, and also he didn't know. Yeah. Like, you at least go
0: into it consciously. Whereas, like, if you're not, oh, it was you are not know. Yeah. Oh my so,
2: God. There you go. Fun I fact. Can't imagine. A fun,
0: yeah. There you go. You just got a fun fact. He was about drugged
1: me. by a famous DJ. I love it. Unknowingly.
0: Okay. Last question, which is probably my favorite question, is if you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? <laughs> like this is a very telling question um chris chris smart (laughs) that's probably who i would be
1: i don't know you'll have to help me with this i'm not really good at celebrity things like i know a little bit about them but what do you think one of their babies.
0: <laughs> of their babies. Like, I've gotten everything from like Caitlyn Jenner to like a Kardashian dog. Yeah, there like I've go. gotten the
2: whole spectrum. I
1: I've watched like a couple episodes, but I don't really keep up. I don't keep up with, you the, don't Kardashians. Keep
2: up with yeah. oh, the Kardashians. No. <laughs> oh no, nice good work. Love uh, it. Who would you be? I don't know. What's the know.
1: nicer sister? The one that... I mean, they're all kind like of Like the crazy. normal
2: mommy one? Yeah. I don't know what's her name. Courtney. Courtney. Maybe. But isn't yeah.
1: she not even with her husband now? Not I can't. I can't not keep not. up with it. <laughs> I, I think, don't know. I think
0: of all of them, Courtney's more your okay, vibe. Okay, okay. Yeah. I like Courtney the best because yeah. she's like at least granola and very like... conscious. Yeah.
1: She seems like the most like together, yeah. as as together as you can be as a Kardashian. Yes, yeah,
0: she definitely is. Okay, so you guys have a new podcast that you just launched. Yes. we do It's called Ignited. I was listening to it this morning. I think it's great. I was talking to you about the the self love episode that I thought was really good. I liked how the first episode you guys really opened up about your relationships and you kind of let people in. Yeah. So talk to me about what motivated you guys to start your own podcast. I mean, yeah, and we're gonna when you open up like. Yeah, Your relationship yeah. is out there for people to criticize and judge.
2: Yeah. No doubt, and and um, so it's ignited. And it's spelled I G N T D for anybody kind of looking for it on the store or anything. Um, but if you look up Sophie and podcast or me and podcast, you'll find it. Um, what made us open up was all the really nice deep conversations that we were already having around relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophie and I have been through some uh, trials and tribulations, we'll call it, and. Sophie kinda Sophie decided to go public. I mean she talked to me about it, but she decided to go public about it about three years ago or something. And she would write articles she wrote for Mind Body Green and um Women's
1: Health Women's
2: Health, which got picked up by Yahoo, like um Yahoo News. So a lot of conversation came out of that around I mean, long story short, I cheated, uh she broke up with me, got her back, but then it kept happening, like I kept screwing up. And we had to do a lot of really deep work. We're now whatever, eight and a half, nine years into that work um, to figure out. I mean, I I knew I loved her. I knew I wanted to keep her, but I kept fucking up. So it was like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And since she started sharing about it, obviously there's all the slut shaming and all the hes a piece of shit. He's always going to do this to you. That was obvious. And that came up and it really hurt Sophie for a while at the beginning. But then what came on top of that is all the people who said, oh, my God, we're in the same situation. How do I get help? Mm -hmm. And so
1: no one was talking about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, it's again back to shame and wanting to shame. like It's shame.
1: And it's also the the women experience such shame. Like I think from it coming from my perspective and me sharing I'm staying with him. Mm-hmm. We now have a beautiful marriage. I mean, when I first wrote it, I wasn't saying like, "Oh my god, things are so rosy and wonderful. Here's yeah. what we went through and I'm sticking with him." Mm-hmm. And I think being standing behind my decision and shouting it from the mountaintops and being proud of it instead of being ashamed was the biggest thing. And that really resonated even for husbands. They're just like, my my wife is just lost. We're lost. We're, we're broken. I yeah. don't know what to do. I've never heard another woman speak this way. Would you be willing to speak to her just for like an hour?
0: So what was your reasoning staying in your relationship?
1: I mean, I think it's kind of like a convoluted question, but mm-hmm. For the most part, I'd say I saw a change in a D and a willingness and a desire mm. and he was doing the work. So it wasn't just like, I want, I'm going to change for you. I'm going to do these things. Each time that he cheated, quote unquote, or like was, how do you even want to say it? Acted out. Acted um. out, I would say, because he wasn't always physically cheating with a person. He was sometimes just lying or hiding or mm-hmm. doing an online thing. And so each layer was like less bad, quote unquote, but each one was a layer. And I felt like we were uncovering something. And finally, with the final like the third time of uncovering all this online stuff and like a secret account, he like was down on his knees, totally broken and it was just was different. He's like, Well, it's all out now. Yeah. You know, my ring was off and we were pregnant with our first. And it was it was like as deep and dark and and over as it could have been before coming back up again. So we were at the very bottom. It was our rock bottom. But we needed that for me to know that that was as bad as it could get for us, like our our capabilities of like, like how where is he going to take this? You know, right. like he keeps mm-hmm. saying that it's done and he's not going to do this anymore. But it was getting seemingly better. It just was still lies. Right, And then he looked up all these treatment centers, looked up all this stuff, and he did it. He actually did the work. It wasn't just like I'll do all these things. Right. And it was actually blind empty did it promises. Yeah. he Actually, no. Put in he the did work. it, and he put in six months to a year at this one treatment center, outpatient. Um, you know, I was I lived back with my parents then. Like we weren't physical, we weren't connected. It was like you go do you and get fixed, and like then we'll figure it out. Then he was seeing his own therapist. We were seeing a couples therapist. I was seeing my own therapist. He was going to groups. Like it was. Full on. Yeah. And then from there, like we were having a baby. So it was kind of like, well, (laughs) we can either like it was kind of a lose lose, but then it like a slightly better lose staying together because at least I had someone willing to work on it and hypothetically going to be a great dad and hopefully going to be a great husband once he got through all the shit.
2: Right. So go ahead. It's, you know, the thing that's tough about this is the first message you get from almost everybody is. You know, once a cheater, always a cheater, or whatever right. the messaging is, like, right. you're going to be screwed forever. And thankfully for us, we found support in other couples. I don't think we would have been here sitting right now if we didn't find other couples who had made it. Right? Yeah. Like, they had been through what we'd been through and, and they, they were made happy. it on the other side, yeah. which gave us a notion that it's possible. And for me, that's why at least she went public. That's why we now do what we do is to let people know that it's possible. I mean, look, we're talking about eight years of work and Sophie mentioned some of it, but it's intense work. It's deep dealing with deep levels of shame, right? I mean like shame that I've carried around since I was 11 or maybe even younger uh, stuff. Sophie's dealt, dealt with or hasn't dealt with since she was 11 and 12. Like you have to really get in there and do the really, really deep work. And that's, not only do people not even recognize that initially, but it's scary if they do recognize it, right? Like, right. If I told you today, you can overcome whatever this thing is that you want to deal with, whatever it is that brought you to your knees, but it's going to take nine to 10 years of holy fucking shit kind of work. Are you willing to put up with that? Yeah. You might be, if there was essentially almost a guarantee that on the other side, you were going to come out happier. Right. Um and we want to be public about this for all the shit we get for it, for all the, and look, we're going to keep, there's things we haven't talked about because we haven't had a forum to do it yet. And the podcast will be, that is a place for us to be as honest as we can with people so that they hear all the stuff we've gone through, all the stuff that worked, all the stuff that didn't work, friends of ours, experts, people who know what they're talking about, who can contribute little pieces to that Right. because we want to give people hope. Um,
0: do you think people end their relationships after cheating because they're afraid to put in the work?
2: End the relationship. Yeah, I think I think people end the relationship for a few reasons. First of all, there's the lack of belief, the hopelessness, the the the, we're going to be in this thing forever, and I don't want to be in that. Um, And again, I think one of the other ones is the lack of support. It is hard. You know, I'm working on this in in this book right now. I'm working on how do people find support and accountability from people who really have their best interest at heart. And we have friends who deal with cheating. It's hard to be there for somebody when they've been cheated on 10 times, yeah, 12 times, right? It's hard to still hold the candle. Um, and believe that the behavior is really going to change. Yeah. You know? And so to be in that situation where you're kind of being shit on by your friends and your family telling you constantly, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go, to have the wherewithal to stick it out and do the work. And obviously at some point you, you leave if it's it's really not working for you and you got to make that decision for yourself. We hope that we can be a beacon for the couples who are at the beginning of that that journey, to just say, you know what, there are tools. Let's figure out what the tools are. Let's try to employ some of them and if see they if you apply us, them. Great.
1: Some people don't even want to do the work. Yeah. Some women, some men, some couples, they don't even want to really do the work. They want to be better, but they don't want to do the work. They don't want to look at their stuff. Like there's right. a re. I attracted this addict in my life. I attracted this person in my life. I attracted this dynamic in my life. It's not the first time. My right. first boyfriend was an addict. Like it's, it's happening for a reason. I'm not just this innocent, poor little girl sitting there, like being abused. It's not like that. It never is. It's a two way situation. It might not be 50 50, but I'm, I'm attracting something in my life for lessons. Right. And that's the biggest thing is you, you attract the relationships in your life based on what you're needing energetically, what you're needing for growth.
0: What's the biggest lesson you think you learned from that experience?
1: There's so many, Mm. um, I think I think just the beauty that people really can change and that it it like anything is possible. Right. Legit anything <laughs> is possible. Like we were at the depths of doom and we at you know certain points in the last few years have been like the highest of highs, like the best relationship we know, like the most inspiring relationship to us that we know and we're around some really badass couples mm. and really badass humans and we've been that and we've gotten there and we've only like just begun, you know, like we're like eight years into this journey. So I think- How long
0: have you guys been together total? We
1: met 13 years ago. Okay. I was 20. So we were at, we met at UCLA and I was, I had a fake ID. Like we just, <laughs> just met and now I'm 33 and wow. we're on our third child. We've been married for eight years and it's been a ride, you know?
0: What advice would you give to someone that's maybe where you were eight years ago? They're just, you know, they've fallen in love with somebody. They may be on the verge of having their first child with this person, or they think that this is the person they're going to spend the rest of their life with. And then they find out that this person cheated on them and they feel hurt and violated. What advice would you give to them in that moment?
1: I'd say find a couple's therapist right away.
2: We just got that message on the way over here.
1: Yeah, someone just wrote me about that. Mm -hmm. Um. I find someone that you trust, that you both feel comfortable talking to and see if there is hope. Like the most, a really good therapist within the first few sessions will know if the, if you're both willing to do the work and if it's if it's worth sticking it out because sometimes it's just not.
2: Yeah. You know, I think one of the lessons that I learned is you never know as the process is happening, you never know what the end point is going to be. And, you know, when Sophie and I broke up, I mean, Sophie broke up with him because I cheated on her. We were broken up for almost a year. I had no idea I was going to get her back at the beginning, like she was done, you know, and here we are 12 years after that. So for me, you know, it's a journey of self-improvement always. Yeah. And you get the people in your life that support you in that. And it's, it's kind of our jobs to believe in ourselves that we can overcome. You know, I, I, I knew for a fact that I was I continued doing. People think that it sounds ridiculous and they say it's all choice and I get it. I get why it looks like that on the outside, but I kept recognizing that I was screwing up something that I wanted to save and so I knew I was having a problem. And once that happens, you just start looking for tools. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it's not a straight line up. It's not like every single week was better than the week before. Um you know, we really, one of the beliefs that we have, um, and it's, it's something that works really, really well for us, and it was really painful at the beginning, is this idea of radical transparency is really, you know, shame hides, right? It's, it hides in the things you don't say. It hides mm-hmm. in, the, in the thoughts you don't share. It, um, it hides in those actions that you hide from everybody that you you act on a regular basis and you don't, you just keep them to yourself. And so, Sophie and I started practicing pretty early on in the process, which caused a lot of pain for Sophie because she was hearing about things she didn't want to hear about and it caused pain for me because of the shame that it kept bringing up repeatedly. Mm -hmm. But we now live in the space that I think most couples, I don't know if they even have to go through this kind of stuff, but most couples can't fathom um, a relationship. Now, we know some people who can, but this idea that my partner knows virtually everything there is to know about me that I've had the wherewithal to share. Like she knows my fantasies when I masturbate. She knows like what turns me on and what doesn't. She knows things I've done that she never had to find out about because they weren't part of like cheating while we were in a relationship, but things that contributed to my um, relationship to sex. Um, she knows about Daily little things that by now, because we're doing well, she supposedly doesn't have to. Right. But I get to have a really intimate relationship with Sophie because she knows all these things about me. And um, and I never, look, I, you know, I grew up with the typical male role models. That was not how your relationships were supposed to be, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be the man standing alone, taking care of shit, and, you know, don't worry about the wife. The wife, yeah. will, like, she, she'll know what she needs to know. I have the complete opposite relationship with that. And I'm a million times happier in my relationship than I was when I was playing that role and, and acting in that more stereotypical way. So you've advocated a lot about uh,
0: overcoming shame. Do you, for someone that's been doing it for a long time, do you still struggle to be that transparent or has it gotten easier over the years? Like, is it easy to come on to to share your story on the podcast and, and have to relive some of these things and own that all over again?
2: Yeah. So telling the stories is for sure easier because I've told them enough times that it's, I call it exposure therapy. Like it just, after a while, it doesn't feel that way. And by the way, I'm a huge supporter of exposure therapy for traumatic things, right? You have to feel the pain and get familiar with the pain and then the pain doesn't scare you anymore. Yeah, And so it gradually gets reduced in its intensity. Um, but there are certainly times, there are times that I withhold what I tell Sophie for three days because I was ashamed about it day one and two and I and I get back to it day mm-hmm. three. Um, my core thing that I've tried to develop for myself is this idea of talk about it as soon as you recognize it, because if you let it sit there and simmer, you'll start thinking of all the reasons why you shouldn't share it. Yeah. Um, And there are always excuses. So it still comes up, but it comes up in these tiny little moments. And I have these tools that I've developed to help me get rid of it.
0: Okay. I want to play a game of he said, she said. So I'm going to ask you each a question, and I want to hear your answers and see how they're different in your different roles in the relationship. So uh, first question, Sophie, what is Adi's biggest pet peeve?
1: Towels on the bed.
2: <laughs> well, that's my biggest pet peeve? That's easy. Good. I mean. <laughs> what would you say is Sophie's? <laughs> Sophie's biggest pet peeve. Um, wow, it's a really good question. Sophie's too accepting for real pet <laughs> um, What is Sophie's biggest pet peeve? Uh, probably Negativity in general is probably Sophie's biggest pet peeve. But um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like just like everyday kind of stuff. Um, hmm. Or in your relationship. That's a really good question. Uh, Sophie has this, well, it goes along with the negativity thing, but Sophie has this thing with tone. She'll talk about, because we've gotten really good at, most of the time, at the words that come out, and so now we're at the level mm. of how things are said. Yeah. So she has a really big. It's a really big thing around like, the the way in which you I say things. Okay. Uh How often should you have date night? Mm.
1: Like once a week.
2: Once a week minimum. Um, yeah, you should have it as often as you can. As often as you can. I would but say I would say once once a week. If a you minimum. have
1: kids, I'd say once a week because that's like realistic. Um Two or more is ideal.
0: Okay. How often should you have sex?
1: I'd say about the same, like two to three times a week.
2: You know, honestly, I, I don't even want to give an answer of should. How often should you have sex? Um, I think it depends on the sex drive for the for the uh, individuals. It depends on what, what is comfortable for them and what they can kind of support in their life. Um, I think what would be more important is to have really initially uncomfortable conversations about what you want in sex. Okay. Um, You're single right now? I'm single. Okay. Single and ready to jingle for the holidays. I love it. I have a question. (laughs) In your last relationship, did you ever have a real conversation about what you like with sex? No. No, most people have never had one. When we had a couples um, workshop online, I think there were six couples, and we we asked them to share with each other What turns them on the most during sex? Not a single couple had done that before. And some of them had been married for like a decade. Wow. So I think what's important is... be on the same page. Yeah. Start getting to know your partner. Yeah. I think uh, with
0: one of my most recent relationships, the sex was really bad, but the relationship was really good. But I'm like, why am I staying in this? Like I'm, you know, there was never a conversation. So I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And it just ended without really giving it that full... And discussing about things
1: that yeah. work for you and don't work for you, and things that you want, could be as simple as that, and it's then just a it conversation. could
2: be different. Yeah. So here's where the shame piece comes in. There, right? Is a you just feel ashamed talking about the topic because sex is one of those things we don't talk about, right? Um, the other piece is when you bring it up, so there's shame around conflict and all that kind of stuff. But when you bring it up, you're kind of afraid of what'll come back at you. But I really urge people to think, you know, if you're in this relationship, especially if you like the partner. How amazing would it be to find out what they actually like doing so that they feel good, so that they get turned on? For I think for a lot of people, all of a sudden it would flip in your head and you'd kind of go like, oh, well, now I really want to do that. I had right. no desire to do it before, but now I want to do it because it makes you feel good. I like that.
0: All right. We've run out of time. But where can people go and listen to your podcast? Um, when is it on and where can they download it?
2: We release new episodes every Wednesday, every once in a while. We have a bonus episode, but IGNTD. Dot .com has a podcast page on it. We're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, Stitcher, all those wonderful places where you find
0: podcasts. Awesome to where can people follow you guys.
2: Um ignited.com is the best place to kind of find out stuff about me. I'm doing a lot of really cool addiction stuff for people who are struggling with drugs, alcohol, sex, food, whatever. Come look for me there. And then obviously Sophie at the Yeah. And um-
1: Instagrams are dr. Jaffe for a D and then I'm sophie.jaffy.
2: I love it
0: Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. We're pretty much everywhere. So if you're not listening, you really have no excuse at this point. Um, don't forget to follow me at Just Plain Zach on all social media platforms. And be sure to follow Sophie. Be sure to follow Adi. Listen to their podcast, Ignited. Um, and don't forget to check Sophie and I out at the fit girl club festival in malibu january 13th link to buy tickets is in the description below and a link to listen to their podcast is in in the description below so be sure to go and do that i'm going to keep you busy over the holiday weekend so don't forget to follow me tweet me let me know you guys thought of this week's episode and i'll be back next week bye